everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, Confessions of a Creative Director, the original podcast made by a creative director for creative directors, for aspiring creative directors, for the spouses of creative directors to really understand what the hell is wrong with us. <laughs> I'm just kidding on the last one, but maybe, maybe you can glean some insights about us. But this show really is for anybody who is interested in the role of creative director, what it takes to lead a team of creatives, anybody who's just really looking to get inspired or re-energized. This show is for you. Welcome one and all. I am your host, Jaime Cabrera, veteran creative director. And on the show today, I have another veteran creative director who's been doing this for a long time. His name is Chris Danino. He's creative director at Inotion, where I am currently working uh, right now. He was one of the first people that I met on the job. Super great guy, incredible creative director, has worked for a who's who of agencies and has worked for all kinds of great uh, clients. But what I really love about uh, Chris is his passion for teaching. He's involved with an outfit called The Bookshop for Ads, which is a portfolio school right here uh, in LA. He's going to tell us all about that. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into it with Chris Danino. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Hi, Jaime. How you doing? Good. Good to see you. Yes, likewise. I know we we work uh, we work for the same company, but we rarely <laughs> rarely ever see each other except for uh, uh, on this uh, camera. We need to go. Uh, we need to go have coffee again at that at that spot uh, and see right, if it yeah. sounds good. Mm -hmm. Yes. Or, are uh, you... or burritos at lunch are always good too. <laughs> Wait, burrito. Where do you go for burritos? Isn't uh, there? There's go, a mix, right? The, yeah. Didn't we go to the place right by the? Well, there's one. You know, there's a uh, there's a Sancho's in Long Beach. Actually. Oh, that's right. We didn't go to Sancho's that right. other time. Yeah. But regardless, no, that coffee spot is cool too. Yeah, know. it is good. Hey, so are you getting? Uh, are you seeing light at the end of the tunnel now? We're almost. We're almost gonna shut down here, hopefully for a little bit. Are you gonna be able to to power down, or are you gonna yeah. be uh, cranking away during the break? No, thank goodness. It's kind of. I I do see the light. I mean, it's always kind of crazy this time of year. I feel like for for myself especially, but I think for for a lot of us, it seems like the fourth quarter is always sort of you got to power through it, and then. You can get nice of a soft landing, come uh, you know holidays, right. and so yes, I just finished a big project, which is nice, and now I've got kind of I kind of can see a, a landing strip ahead for the holidays, and plan on taking some time off for a few weeks, and I'm excited, can't wait, yeah, excellent, yeah. I just did a I just did a little post on LinkedIn uh, this weekend about you know how you sort of re re replenish your stores of of creativity, and and definitely taking some time off is. I think one way that you can sort of restore the the creative capital, um, yeah. you know, because it, it gets it gets depleted over time. But uh, you know, I was in doing my research. Obviously, you know, we know each other a little bit. We haven't had the opportunity to work too closely together yet. Um, but just you know, doing my research and going through uh, your LinkedIn and your resume, I mean, it's so Im impressive. I mean, you've worked for so many top uh, agencies, and and you really have sort of run the gamut of all kinds of clients and different size shops and all that kind of stuff. If you would, if you wouldn't mind, give us, give the audience a little overview of your career uh, trajectory and, and don't leave any of the, the, the big names out here. I'm looking yeah, at a couple sure. here. Yeah, sure. No, of course. Pretty yeah, impressive. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, it's been kind of a wild and woolly uh, couple decades, I guess, but, but it's great. I don't regret it at all. I love my job. I love what I do. And I'm, I'm super happy that I found something that I enjoy doing and, 
have been able to do it for this long, I guess, um, which, you know, most people, well, not most, but some people aren't as fortunate to find. And, right. and I kind of just fell into advertising like most of us do. And, you know, it started back in college and uh, I would, I took just a random advertising one-on-one class, thought it was really interesting. My professor at the time, I'll never forget this, but he was really big on, remember that old uh, tabloid newspaper, The Worldwide News? It was yeah. totally like fake news back in the day, right? It was like Bat Boy and, yeah. you know, like Martians living here or, you know, Sasquatches being spotted. It's just like a total rag magazine, but it was yeah. so funny. And you'd always bring those clippings to class and, we always got a kick out of it because it was it was really creative writing when you think about it. And it, it, the fact that they're trying to sell it as as fact even made it more absurd and, and interesting and entertaining. And and I just thought, wow, this is kind of a cool business, you know, and, and then so from there, I you know took a few more ad classes and then I got a job at the school newspaper, sort of working in the ad department and, you know, selling ads, comping up ads, going out and, you know, you know, asking the local, you know, school businesses hey you want to advertise in school newspaper and then i would do i'd write some some articles here and there but um yeah i just kind of fell into it there and then i really got my start i believe after school and um i got an internship and that kind of really set me on my way and and i really wasn't sure what i wanted to do in advertising i just knew i wanted to do advertising and i actually i got a, a bachelor's in advertising yeah um but I didn't really know if I wanted to, you know, I, I, there was all these different facets, of course. And, yeah. and I remember like one of the first days of my internship, I was interning for a, a creative team and they're like, well, what do you want to do? And I go, I, I don't know. I just want to do this. And they're like, well, what is it? And I go, well, m- you know, making ads or doing ads. And it was really naive of me, honestly. And, and they're like, well, if you're going to do this, you should be in the creative department. You know, you should be a creative. And I'm like, okay, so how do I do that? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, well, you need a portfolio. And I'm like, okay, well, I never got that in school. I learned about obviously what a kind of a portfolio was and of the, you know, the ads I'd, I'd mocked up and sold for our school newspaper. That was literally my portfolio at the time. Yeah. Um, and so they directed me to this portfolio school, which we can talk about later, called The Bookshop, Yeah, um, where I sort of cut my teeth and, and got a student book together and, and sort of this portfolio of, of spec student ads, which yeah. then parlayed into my getting a real job at the first agency I worked at, which was a foot cone of building um, working on uh, Kawasaki and TaylorMade Golf and, and some really other fun accounts like Hilton Hotel. So I got a really nice like head first dive into this business, um, working with a great partner who I'm still friends with to this day, several years later. And um, yeah, then from there, you know, worked at a couple other agencies here in Orange County. I, we, I don't really talk about like Southern California is where I live and work now, but um, from there, moved up to L.A. and worked in L.A. for about 10 years. And that's where, you know, I really did my tour duty, if you will, um, at Shiat Day for a few yeah. years, which I loved, really enjoyed um, working on like Activision video games and Nissan and Infinity and Visa, a bunch of other accounts I had at the time. And then from there, I moved to Deutsch and worked on Dr. Pepper for a few years, which is really fun. A little bit of VW at the time, but I really took the job to go work on something completely random, which was Dr. Pepper. But uh, that was a really fun experience. Um, And then by about that time, you know, kind of moving up through the ACD sort of ranks. And then my next job um, was where I got a job as a creative director, which is at this agency called R&R Partners, uh, where we worked on the 
uh, Las Vegas account, which is really fun, and um, a few other local accounts here in Southern California. And then, you know, a quick stop at, <laughs> I feel like it's just like this long train. of. No, I, I love it. I mean, this, this is cool. But I, I think I, there was a little bit of a method to my madness, but I, I think, you know, after there, I got a job at, at David and Goliath, and I love that job too. It was really fun and did some great work there. And then that is how I landed back here in Orange County at a notion where I am yeah. now, where I've been for the last uh, four years and really enjoy it. But I'm an Orange County guy. I, I'd always worked up there, but always, you know, wanted to kind of plant my roots back down in Orange County. And I've been yeah. fortunate enough to do that now. So that was kind of my tour, but I, I, I feel, yeah. you know, I, I feel like I've always been like this real transient person in this business, but yeah. um, sometimes of my own uh, will, other times, you know, because of the layoffs, I mean, I'm not afraid to admit I've been laid off a couple of times, but I yeah. feel like whenever that happens, it's always sort of, you know, turned into something even better and brighter down the road. So I feel like, I, I think at the end of the day, what I like to t think about or tell people is like, you got to be happy where you work and, and, uh, if you're not happy, find a way to make yourself happy or leave. I mean, right. frankly, the business is too short. This life is too short to to work somewhere where you're not happy and yeah, not valued. And so, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I think that's a good way to describe it, right? It's like you, you described it as like a tour of duty. You, you've been yeah. in all these different shops and all that, exactly. and probably have some battle scars to to show for it. Uh, and we definitely are going to get into your passion, which is which I love, by the way, uh, because who better to teach up and coming creatives about what we do than, than someone who has had such a rich uh, sort of background. And we'll talk about the bookshop here. But so, mm -hmm. you know, thinking about that whole, your whole trajectory and your whole past, how would you describe the role of a, of a creative director? I love yeah. metaphors. I love analogies. How would you describe it? No, I, I love this question. And, and I thought about it um, quite a bit. And I sort of came up with this, this, this idea here the, the way I like to think of it and it started to make more sense as I was thinking through it the other yeah. day, but I like sort of thinking it as like a tour guide, um, who's okay. on a leading expedition, right? So not just you know, around the park, but like assume maybe not as extreme as like hiking Mount Everest, but, um, <laughs> I just like the idea of like being in a foreign city or, or showing, you know, mm. tourists from around town, like your hometown, like, so the way I equate it is sort of like, you know, as a CD, we've sort of walked that path. We've explored that town. We've, we kind of know where the nooks and crannies are. We know where the hot spots are. We know where the watch out zones are too. Um, but at the same time as a tour guide, you don't want to, you, you, you don't want to just lead people and hold them by the hand and, and give them, you know, your tour. You want them to explore and then to discover and find what's right. really neat about what they're doing. So I feel like it's kind of interesting, you know, a metaphor for what a CD does is sort of as a, you're a guide. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't know where I'm always going, right? Like no one really knows where you're going to end up. But I think as a creative director, you have a vision of, of where your destination should be or what it should be like. But very often where you get, when you get there, it's not exactly what you imagined. Um, but I think that's the fun part of the creative process is, is having an idea of where you end up, but you don't know for sure. I mean, you're lying yeah. if, if you know exactly where you're going to head up. But I think what's cool is like bringing people along, you know, someone once told me the best way to lead is to give people a reason to follow you, right? It's yeah. like you can't tell people to lead. You you need to give them a reason. And so I think it's being like, a, hey, come with me this way, but I'm not going to tell you exactly which route to take. Like this is kind of our destination, but let's get there together and find a – a cool way to get there. And I feel like that's a kind of a neat 
analogy for what and and so do you do you feel like you you sort of live up to that in your in your day-to-day sort of creative direct direction right that you you sort of like hey i can help you but you're gonna have to find your own way is that something is that kind of the way that you that you lead yeah, I believe so. I mean, I, th- I think that's a nice way to at least aspire to the way that I like to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, at times that does happen and I'm not always going to, you know, be exactly right. But I do think it's a nice way to think about what we do, because the last thing as a creative director is you don't want to you don't want to give everyone the answers. You don't want to tell people what to do. You want to help them, you know, get that idea. You want to help them polish that idea you want to help them get to a place where they're proud to be and that they can look back and say i did this you know of course with you know the help of the entire team but it's 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 hard to be a i guess a creative leader by you know you don't want to give people all the answers you want to be there for answers if they have questions but i don't think you need to sort of dictate what what you're doing and i guess that's where that that methodology Make makes sense to me is like yeah we know where we're going i'm not going to tell you which path to take if you if you feel like you're going the wrong way i can help sort of course right. correct right but um yeah and if you're going off a cliff then you you definitely jump in and, and try to yeah save, save know, them right well as best but... i can you know so. <laughs> <laughs> i may be the one leading them off the cliff sometimes too so i have to check myself as well <laughs> well i like i like this i like this idea of the tour guide and i also like it in the in when you think about it it's interesting because as a good tour guide, I mean, you 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 want to show, you know, you want to show your guests all the great stuff in a, yeah, in a yeah, city yeah, exactly. or that an adventure has to offer. But then, in some ways, you kind of also have to show them the the other part, right? Because I think, uh, you know, on paper, our job looks really cool, and it is cool. It's one of the, I think it's one of the greatest jobs ever. But there's a lot of other stuff that that goes into it, right? There's a lot of mundane mm-hmm. stuff, and 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 meetings and stuff that you didn't know that you were going to have to worry about right so as yeah. a as a tour guide you know how do you make those detours you know or how do you start coaching so that they go hey right now it's all you know rainbows and sunshine cuz you're coming up with ideas all day but as you move up the ladder there's other stuff that you're going to have to worry about is it right well when you think about it to extend the metaphor right like so the tour guide is is on the job, right? He or she is working while you're having fun on the tour, right? You're you're taking the photos, <laughs> you know, you're, you know, writing back home, you're grabbing postcards, whatever, but the crib director's one's like, okay, well, we gotta be here by four o'clock, you know. Oh my so God. Yeah, as a CD, you are kind of, again, you, you yeah. have an, another role to play at the same time as give, showing people the highlights or, you know, pointing them in the right directions, but at the same time, you know, they're the ones who are, who are quote unquote on the tour yeah and you got to keep you know to to continue the this uh this metaphor and we're gonna we're gonna get real goofy here but i mean you gotta you gotta make sure that the, that the bus is it has gas is gassed up right, right? Exactly. you gotta make sure that the wi-fi is working you gotta make sure that they have all yeah. the you know they have access to chargers because they're gonna need their cam- i mean it's there's all that other stuff that goes yeah. into it so yeah I well that. and the thing that i'm always yeah and the thing that's always been <clears throat> I don't know, I'm going to say difficult, but something that's always, you know, been in my mind ever since I've been started working more as a creative director and, and less of a, a creative is, um, you know, you want to be proud of the work you create, right? You don't, you want to, you, and the last thing I want to do is sort of, you know, screw up someone's really good idea. Like, I think I'm afraid of that. That's kind of this confessions part almost, right? Yeah. Like, because it's like, there are these, there, these people can come up with amazing ideas. As a CD, sometimes you just need to get out of the way or you need just, you need to help 
you know, carry it through. You need to, you need to protect this idea. And so, yeah, the same way, it's like being a tour guide. Like, you know, I got to make sure people don't get eaten by a bear or, you know, fall off a cliff, like you said, or something, because I want that experience to be worthwhile. I want the creatives to look back and say, oh man, this is such a great campaign. This came out great. And, and thanks for, you know, collaborating and and helping. And when I needed, you know, questions answered or we needed a fire to get put out, like you were there to help. And I feel like that's really a CD's role. And of course, you know, dealing with all the minute that you want to try and protect your creative teams from. We probably don't talk about enough, right? And I mentioned it in my book is that, you know, a big role, a big part of it is also protecting them, protecting teams, especially younger people from some stuff that is either going to just get in their head and mess with them or that they just don't need to know, Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a, that's a big part of it too. You know, you become protective of your, you know, of your people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it, we all know by this time as we're working in this business for so long, it's, it's not easy coming up with a really great idea and it's even harder to execute one, I feel like. And all that combined, it's like, there's a big, there's a big payoff at the end or a big promise for a big payoff. Again, something to look back on and be proud of. And you work on a project for so long and to get there at the end to your destination of your tour, let's say, is like you want it to be something you want to look back on and be proud of and ideally put it in your book, right? And yeah. you have a really nice piece to, to share and, and, and help your own career. And so I think that's a really big responsibility of, of a lot of career directors also is just making sure that you know people are getting out of their jobs, what they want to get out of. And you're obviously getting what you need because you need to maintain a certain level of, of integrity with the creative or, or what be, you know, keeping, of course, our clients happy and selling whatever widgets we're, we're working on. So, right. you know, there's, there's, there's that kind of two-folded responsibility, I feel like. So given that, um, you know, you've been in this business for, for quite a while, I got to imagine that you've developed um some signature things or some key things as part of your process tools um you know different ways to ideate or whatever are there any any things that that you would want to share just in terms of like what is your creative process like when you're leading uh your team to come up with some new uh concepts yeah i'll 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 mention two and one i believe is extremely difficult and the other one i think is really easy uh, to do. The first one that's really difficult, I think, is just to listen more, to listen really well, not just to hear, but to listen, to really, you know, take yourself out of that, oh, I need to say something kind of moment, you know, especially mm. in a briefing or, you know, as creators were, I, myself, I feel like my brain is like, you know, overflowing with stuff. I'm sitting yeah. there and sometimes just no, just shut up and you know, listen, right. you know, take it in, let other people obviously collaborate and talk and and share their perspectives. And I think that's always the hardest thing. And that's something I think anyone, all of us could, could understand and, and hope to do more of is just to be better listeners. And I think it's such a big part in the creative process because a lot of times people just want to jump right to the, to the process, right? They want right. to jump right in and start coming with ideas. It's like, well, if you actually stop and, and I know you talk a lot a bit about it too, just being empathetic and just understanding, seeing where the clients are coming from, see, under, really understanding what the problem is we're trying to solve, and then really understanding on a CD level, like who your team is that is working on this and, and, and listening to them. And, and if they've got questions, try and get those answered as quickly as possible. 
Um, so I think that's really hard. It's really hard for myself. Like, you know, yeah. people always say you're born with two ears and one mouth and, you know, use them accordingly. And it's, it's sometimes hard to do. Right. <laughs> Admittedly. Well, yeah, because um, we, we want to, we want to, yeah. I mean, I know I've, I've suffered uh, with this for a while because you want to, you want to just shout out the answer, right? Or what you exactly. think is, and, and you think there's this, again, there's this kind of mythology that, you know, everybody's going to turn around and be like, oh my God, Chris did it again, you know, and they're going to be like <laughs> right. yeah. slow clapping. So yeah. And <laughs> maybe that happens like one time in your career, but typically it doesn't, right? Because you just don't have any, inf you don't have enough information. You haven't gone through it yet. So, mm -hmm. you know, you got to sort of fight the urge to want to like shout out, you know, I got it, I got it, I got it. And, and especially as like a young creative or young creative director too like you're here to you know you're in this role you're here to you know have this position of of influence or or whatever and you feel compelled like well i've got to say something it's like well maybe you don't you know maybe you need just to listen more and that's going to help you do your job better so yeah I, all that combined i think no matter what we do in this business i think if we're all better listeners we'd probably all get along a lot better and understand each other a lot better and and ultimately come up with the best work possible because we really understand it. So I feel like that's easier said than done. Um, right. Something I try to work on every day. Uh, but then the other thing I've learned, and, and I do this to this day, I've always kind of done it, and it sounds kind of corny, but I'll try to explain, is is just to reward yourself. Um, okay. And what I mean by that is to like, – like what we're doing is not – always the easiest thing in the world right, right. like um we'll talk about like kind of my teaching sort of uh i guess philosophy uh, philosophy and stuff too but you know there's sometimes there's nothing harder than staring at a blank piece of paper or having to be creative on demand or or what have you and so i think what's always helped me and what i tell my students is is to stop and reward yourself every once in a while and don't forget that you know you can you can get so much out of it. It's like if you, if you set goals for yourself, so if you sit down and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to concept here for an hour today. Me and my partner, we're going to sit up, kick our feedback and we're going to really pound this brief and, and really think about this. And if you come up with a couple of great ideas, be like, cool, we nailed those. All right, let's go, let's go take a walk. Let's go grab a, grab yeah. a drink or I got to go run an errand. Like whatever these little things that make you happy. And especially I think now in the era of COVID where kind of stuck inside our homes and, and you can kind of kind of get lost in a hole, if you will. But if you stop and be like, okay, I'm going to come up with one more idea and then I'm going to go take a walk or I'm yeah. going to come up with one more great idea and then I'm going to go have a beer, whatever it is, however you want to reward yourself, pat yourself on the back, say, hey, you're a good creative. You can do this. <laughs> I think there's so much to that and it sounds kind of hokey and you don't have to tell people you're doing this right um but i think it's really good for your self-confidence and for your ability to sort of keep going back to that well is is saying hey it's okay after i you know dig in dig this hole trying to figure out these ideas i'm going to take a break i'm going to go you know relax for a minute and then i'll come back and i'll work some more but i think it's really important that you find a way to reward yourself yeah, because um, I also think that it's in those it, – it, oftentimes it's in those little respites, those little breaks that you'll have some other great idea yeah. or a build sure. or some other little epiphany, right? And if you don't give yeah. yourself those moments, then you're just kind of churning and churning and churning. Plus I think there's also – you just – you can you, – you run the risk of just getting um, – 
you know, kind of like driving driving into a wall if you just keep going without without giving yourself a little bit of a break. Right. Yeah, like yeah, you can't keep banging your head against the wall. You've got to at least turn around and you know point in another direction or something. Like I, I remember an old car director of mine used to say, when you get stuck, do a one eighty. So, you know, you're sitting there thinking mm. of something and you're you're sort of thinking of a brief, like really close-mindedly almost. You're only looking at one perspective and, okay, okay, I've, I've thought about this for hours now and I'm totally stuck. It's like, okay, well, take everything you know and flip it on its head or do a 180 and then come back at it. And, and maybe you need to come back a couple hours later or the next morning or whatever, but do a 180 and you'd be surprised on – you know, wow, oh my, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in a whole new vein of ideas now, you know, because you made that 180. And I think the way I articulate that is like, I reward myself. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to think about it this way. And then I'm going to go, I'm not going to say go do nothing, but I'm going to, I'm going to do something that makes me feel good. I'm going to be like, okay, fine. I'm going to go eat lunch or, or something, right? I'm going to call a friend. I'm going to do something, but I put in the work. Now I'm going to put in the reward and then I'll get back to the work after that. So in terms of um, – and, and again, getting back to your brilliant sort of metaphor about the tour guide, right? Mm -hmm. when, you're in the, when, when you're in the thick of it, right, and you're, you're, uh, you've got to come up with stuff and you've got a deadline, maybe it's a week out or two weeks or whatever it is, how big of a, you know, how big of a, um, of a, of a rope do you give your, your folks to go off of, right? Because, right. again – do you just sort of set them set them loose and have them go as far as they can before you start pulling on the, you know, on 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 the rope to bring them back in, or what does what does that look like? Because I'm always curious yeah. to know, you know, how much uh, you know chaos is involved in 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 yeah. a particular person's process. Yeah, well, I mean, I I do like the idea of giving people lots of rope, let's say, or enough rope. Um, there's that old saying, give yourself enough rope to hang yourself. Like, I don't want right. to do that. But I want to give, I, I'd rather, I'd rather pull the rope back than feel like they're pulling the rope away from me, right? If they, I would rather, hmm. I don't want to feel like I'm tethering them. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't want to feel like they're being tethered. I would rather say, you've got all the slack you need, but guess what? If you start flailing, I'll be there to hold the rope for you kind of thing, or right. I'll pull the slack back for you. So I feel like that's – and again, that's kind of how you grow. That's how I feel. Again, how you lead. You give people – they want to they wanna follow. They want to go. So so I don't want to say I want to give them as much leeway as possible, but maybe as much as I feel they need or would use or or what have you. And it's probably a case-by-case -case basis too or depending on who the – who are who the team is or what the project is okay this one i'm going to give them tons of slack right on this one maybe not as much but um i feel like i always want to be giving people as much rope as they want and then if there's ever a problem to be there i think that's really important to be there as a curve vector yeah um no matter what to help your teams um that i think is being a true leader it's not telling people where to go it's being there when right. they need you you said something pretty early on, you know, that was sort of a little bit of a maybe a self doubt that we we go through, especially probably as we get um, as we get older, really, right? New mm -hmm. things, new technologies, new platforms, new memes, new trends. It, it, it's so it's moving so fast. Mm. How do you? What is it? What does it take? I'll, I'll frame it this way. 
what does it take for one of your younger creatives to bring you along, right? And say, mm. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta trust me on this, right? Like, cause you, you, to your point, right? We can't know everything. We can't, mm. you know, at, at a certain point, there's stuff that they're going to be much more uh, adept at because they're native to it or whatever, you know? So how do you, mm-hmm. how do you do that? Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I think, well, first I'm, I'm fascinated by, a great idea. I don't care if it's, you know, in a TikTok video I see or a billboard I see or a, you know, a flyer in the newspaper. I mean, a great idea is a great idea. And I love it when I see new forms of technology or new forms of creativity, even like in, and if it's a younger team who's like, oh my gosh, you should follow this person on TikTok. It's amazing. He or she is so funny or whatever. That's a great way to get exposed or, or, or lots of other things. But I feel like I'm all, I, I love the idea about this business always sort of evolving and adapting and you've got to stay sort of relevant. And um, yeah, if it's someone bringing me something that I've never seen before or some sort of digital device or platform, I, I love it. Um, yeah. So does that answer that question? Yeah, but I, I mean, it's got to be a little bit scary, right? Because it's like you have to be – you. I, I guess the way that I've done it in the past is – I kind of have to do – they bring me something. I have to do enough research where I where I start to maybe understand it a little bit better. But then yeah. at a certain point, I think you also have to take a leap, right, and say, okay, you, you seem to be really passionate about it. I've seen mm-hmm. some other things. It looks interesting. I think it maybe it could work. I don't fully 100% get it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back you up and I'm going to help you. Yeah. No, I, I think it. you're right for sure. Yes, you've got to – again, you've got to be able to trust um, that you know, what – what is being presented to you is is the right idea or the right thing. I mean, yeah, and I think it just comes with understanding and like doing your own research and being, okay, cool, this is what this is about. I may not know everything about it, but I trust the source or there's right. some other people who are kind of, yeah, you, that's a good idea or, you know, whatever it is, doing these just – personal focus groups, if you will, with, yeah. with, with my teenage kids. I do that all the time. Yeah. I have two teenagers and, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, dad, like, why are you on TikTok? I go, I'm yeah. not on TikTok. I just <laughs> want to know. I want to understand. I, it's fascinating, honestly. And a lot of technology is. And yeah, that's, it's crazy. I'm not going to say the best example, but the point being is that that's what I love about this business. Is, oh, yeah. you know, when, when we first started, it was, you know, your TV spot and a few print ads. And if you're lucky, you get an outdoor board, you know, and it's like yeah. nowadays the, the reins are off and it's really, it's, it's always been exciting and just you seeing this evolution and who knows what we'll do next. But um, yeah. Yeah. It was funny. I was laughing. I was, I was, cause I got two um, uh, boys as well, two young boys in there, you know, 11 and 13. And I was telling them I'm doing, I'm, I started going on TikTok because I got to promote this book. And I started thinking, well, where are all the up-and-coming creatives? And they're probably going to be on TikTok. I'm like, nobody wants to see an old guy on TikTok. I'm be doing. I'm not going to be doing dances and stuff. So I'm like, I got to come up with like a what's my thing. On so I'm like, I'm going to use I'm going to use uh, gifs, you know, and or yeah, little yeah. memes and things. So I'm trying to figure out how I do that. But anyway, so if you see me on TikTok, um, that's why. Uh, <laughs> I'll look out for your dancing with your Oh book. my gosh, yeah. I don't know if anybody wants to see that, but so. <laughs> Speaking of young creatives, aspiring creatives that that that, mm. that look at us, you and I, and say, "Hey, I want to be able to do that. I think that's interesting. I want to lead teams." What advice would you give them? I again, I, I like 
I don't know why I'm this duality thing. I, I think being resilient is one really mm. strong piece of advice and, and being passionate. And I think they go hand in hand. I don't think you can be one without the other, but um, I'll start with being passionate. And like, I think how I opened when we talked about early on was like, I really love what I do and I genuinely mean that. And I feel fortunate that I've been able to find a, a career um, that it isn't always, you know, as financially rewarding as some other things or all these other things, but there's some really cool personal reward you can derive from this business. Like I made that thing, you know, yeah. or look at what I made, look at what came out of my brain. Um, and I always thought that was a really cool part of this business. And so that said, doing so is not easy. There's a huge, you know, gauntlet of, of things to always get in the way or to just prevent, prevent you from not only come up with a great idea, but as we all know, executing and selling and producing an idea. Um, and so, you've got to be able to be passionate. You've got to be able to put the time in and, and, you know, not as cheesy as saying, if you love what you do, you'll never work another day in your life. Right. But, but I think if you genuinely are excited about what you do, it makes all the doing that much more rewarding and, and interesting and keeps you more resilient. Um, because you know, the, the first thing I always, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize, or when I tell new students of mine too, it's like, you know, for every ad you see there's hundreds that have died to let that one painful live you know what i mean yeah <laughs> even you know your friends, yeah casually sitting on the couch and saying oh look there's a spot i did and they're like oh that's cool i go yeah did you know that i spent like six months on that thing and yeah. you know hundreds of other versions of, of ideas or versions of that idea and it's just it's kind of dumbfounding sometimes how much effort we put into what we do to get it right because it is important that we get it right um, but you've got to be resilient and you've got to really love what you do, I think, to be successful in this business. So I tell that of a lot of all the young people I meet in this business. Yeah. And it's, and it can be, it can be tough, right? Cause it's, it can be demoralizing, especially if you, you think you really believe in something and a really cool idea and you present it to the client and they, they just, they're, you know, they're not having it. They don't get it. They don't like it. It can be yeah. demoralizing and it's tough to stay you, I agree with you that you have to stay in that that zone, that kind of like passionate and everything's this is exciting yeah. and it, and it's hard, you know. And I know, you know, I, I a, an old mentor, creative director of mine had had the knack for doing that because I would mm -hmm. get really beat up and really demoralized, and he was like, you you can't do that because, um, a the client is the the client wants you to wants you to be uh, at your best i think all the time and that's what they're paying you for and mm -hmm. if you kind of get sit in that space for too long and, and get bitter you're gonna you're it's gonna affect your ideas right you're gonna start doing things that you think are safe or that mm -hmm. you think they're gonna like and which is never any good so you have to find a way to kind of re-energize and reignite and get excited again and you know mm -hmm. it's, i think it's a learned and, skill yeah and have perspective uh, you know, like, again, like, I'm a big baseball fan. Um, you can equate it to, to Major League Baseball players, right? Like, you know, three out of, you know, ten times they may find success, but they're going to fail seven out of ten times. But if you fail seven out of ten times in baseball, you're in the Hall of Fame, yeah. right? If you're batting 300, that means you're striking out seven other times. Um 
or getting out at least. So if you think of it as that, it's like, but there's nothing more fun, I would think, in the world or more passionate to be like a you know a professional athlete. Like there's some serious passion, but you've got to have that passion. You've got to have that resiliency to get up there and keep swinging, right? Um, yeah. To, to, and so I feel like that's a lot about this business too. Now, of course, not every ad we do is going to be a home run kind of thing, but but by and large, you want to get up there every single time and hope that you do succeed and you know you are going to succeed and the ones who do succeed on average um, are the ones who are going to do well in this business. And, and you've got to teach people that, hey, not everything is going to be a home run, but that doesn't mean you can't get up there and give it your all every single time. And all those sorts of, sort of metaphors apply there, but... Um, you know, baseball is a sport based on or you know, invented around failure, and I think a lot of advertising is too. You know, not failure, but like ideas that don't survive. I guess. Yeah, that's great. I love that. So you know, Justin, Justin, and like I said, I mean, we we've talked a couple of times, but I, I just love, especially now, I'm really seeing how passionate you are about uh, about what you do, and and I can see how that passion translates over into. Your, your side gig here, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, being an instructor at, at the bookshop, which is a, a portfolio school. First of all, tell us a little bit about, about what the bookshop is, what it does. I think you, you, you came from there, so I'd love to know that, a yes. little bit about that as well. But just kind of give the audience a little overview of what the bookshop is all about. Sure, yeah. And I think it's kind of, like you said, a reflection of, of the passion I have or just the, the love I have for this business is so much so that once I – started working in this business, I, I wanted to find a way to give back and to do more. And so that's why I've, I've for several years now, so for about the last 10 or 12 years, I've been an instructor uh, for the Bookshop Portfolio School, which um, is locally based in LA. Um, it's been around for like 30 something years. Um, and it was something that I took uh, to get my portfolio into shape before I went out and got my first job. So it's designed to help people either you know, right out of school or had no idea whatsoever of what advertising is, but to give them a really strong groundwork for, for what it takes to get a job in this business. And then at the end of the process, have a portfolio of spec ads that you can then take out with you and promote yourself with and, and, and hopefully get a job with. So, um, yeah, like I, I, I love what I do. I, I love, and I, I love like, exposing people to this business and and talking to people about hey this is kind of what we do here and this is how it works and and so a lot of what i've done as an instructor is essentially what you do as a creative director all day long you're kind of looking at ideas and shepherding them along and teaching people kind of the pitfalls and 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 ways of to avoid them and so that's a lot of what i do as an instructor for the bookshop and the class itself you know if you go all the way through there's a series of like eight or nine courses that are a semester long. So nine week courses, you meet one night a week and you're taught the basics of how to identify a good idea, how to construct that idea, and then eventually how to blow those ideas out into big fully fleshed campaigns. Um, and then again, that's what becomes the, uh, the, the content of your portfolio. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what that does. Um, yeah. And, and I'm not unique in that there's literally hundreds or thousands of us alumni who are currently working in the business. And so I love that about it too, is not only, you know, former classmates of mine are still friends to this day. You know, we're, we work all around the country, some even internationally. Um, 
but I always tell students like, Hey, you're joining this fraternity or sorority of, of yeah. people uh, now who, you know, it's such a great asset to have to, to, to have that network of people that you can lean on and talk to and commiserate with or, or just celebrate as well. So I really like that about it. Yeah. I mean, I never even knew uh, because I kind of came up a different route, right? So I never really even knew that there was such a thing as a portfolio school because from what you've told me and from what I've seen at other places, I mean, you're getting people who have, who are coming in from some other career, right? But they've, they felt like they had some sort of creative bent to them, whether they're writers mm -hmm. or designers or something. So this isn't always just people that are coming straight out of school. I mean, you might have somebody that's starting a whole, that wants to start a whole new career and can go through the program, develop a, a portfolio of, of spec stuff and actually go out and get work. I mean, I, you, yeah, I'm absolutely. sure you've seen some pretty cool success stories like that. Yeah. I have uh, former students who were teachers, uh, yeah. a lawyer, uh, you know, just other industries outside of advertising, whether it's, it's marketing or sales or, or, or real estate. Like I've had people, uh, in my classes who have come from all walks of life, which is great because that again, just, I think is another plus to this business because we all kind of come from this diverse sort of background. And that's what I think helps make the ideas even better is that diversity and that, that different perspective you get from people. So, um, yeah, I, I love that about it. And, and so a lot of the students are, you know, in school or just out of school or looking to, okay, I, I know what advertising is all about, but how do I get into the creative side? And that's really what this is, is set up to be because there's that old catch 22 of, you know, how do I get a job in advertising without a portfolio, but how do I get a portfolio without a right. job in advertising? And so this is that, right. and there are of course other, um, portfolio schools out there, like Creative Circus, I believe that I think they just shut down actually yeah, I in, think I in heard, Atlanta, yeah. which is so sad to hear. And lots of friends of mine went through that and loved it. Um, and of course, you know, Art Center and Pasadena and a few other really well-known ones. And, and those are great and there's no knock at all. Um, those are more like accredited master's programs, if you will, whereas the bookshop was always intended to be a little more sort of down in the weeds and, and sort of grassroots, if you will. Yeah, and accessible. Um, and accessible. And like all the classes pre-COVID, of course, were always taught at the agency where I was working at the time. And all of us other instructors, I'm not the only one. There's about a half a dozen of us who, who teach various courses. Uh, but we're all working professionals. Most of us are CDs in and around the LA area. So we'd always teach our classes at the agency we worked at. So that was another cool benefit of yeah. our students coming being, wow, this place is awesome. You guys have a ping pong table and a keg. <laughs> it's like, yes, yeah. but don't worry about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was really cool to exposing people to like, this is what it's like in advertising. And, and not only am I, you know, instructing you uh, for this course, but I'm actually a working professional. So please ask me questions. You have this forum, you know, what's it like to work in an agency? What is it really like on the ground floor? And so I think that's always been a really great benefit of the class because you get a real inside look as well. Yeah. And I've heard, you know, people that reached out to me that listen to the podcast and a lot of them aren't even in our in, in this business. They, they listen and I, I'm thinking they're listening because they have an interest in it. So you know, mm -hmm. you heard it here first, right? If if you if are not, you know, trained, uh, you didn't go to school for this or advertising or, you know, there's there's an alternate route and, and people should look into this uh, if they feel like they have that kind of ability and that interest. 
Um, but I mean, what you've told me about, again, getting back to the accessibility of it, um, it's affordable. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it sounds like it's super inclusive. Can you tell us a little bit about, about that aspect of it? Yeah, for sure. And before I forget, and not to plug too hard, but it's called no, the Bookshop School. Yeah, the Bookshop School for Ads. The website, maybe you can even add it as a link, but it's thebookshopads.com. And from there, you can go and find all the information you've ever wanted to know. But um, essentially, what's great, and maybe I'll start with what you just said, it's, it is affordable. And it is sort of something you do in addition to what you're currently doing. It's not like full-time, you know. Right full load of classes it's it's a few hours a week class time two or three hours a week in class one night a week but there's obviously outside time because of your, your concepting you're sitting and you're working on your ideas out outside of class and you come to class you present your ideas i critique them we move on sort of thing is how it works um but each of the classes is only you know a, i want to say relatively affordable like six seven hundred dollars for a class which wow. sounds pretty good still for oh, nine yeah. weeks and it's yeah. pretty intensive and, and i always tell people it's everything you you put into it is what you get out of it so again the, the people you know are my students who i realize from day one they're that passionate resilient type i go i know they're going to get a job in this business right you can yeah. just tell yeah. Um, and so for someone to spend a couple thousand dollars in total to get their, um, you know, really, really good book put together. I mean, in no way are we like cutting corners and 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 just saying, oh, here you go. It's like, no, we're really tough on on students books. And in fact, the last class before you're allowed to graduate, quote unquote, like it's got to kind of go through the ringer. And we always try and time it with the one show. Um, student competition, which is great. And so that's an annual competition put on by the one show where students from all over the world compete and the bookshop proudly brings home pencils almost every year. Wow. Um, which is great. So we're going toe to toe with these other big ad schools, um, bringing home awards from these really international award shows. So that hopefully is proof that this does work. And I think more so, like I said, the hundreds or probably thousands of us who are working professionals who are who owe our careers to the bookshop is, is proof as well so it really works it's really fun and and if you have any interest at all it's a few hundred dollars to at least dip your toe in the water and and if it's not for you you know it's not like you just committed to two years at a master's program right. somewhere. You know? right so and uh, I, mean, I'm, I mean i i kind of i'm like i'm like maybe i should maybe i should sign do this I need let's sign go. yeah let's do it especially <laughs> if, you, if you're my if you're my instructor and we can go out and That's have right. some I'll beers be afterwards <laughs> but i mean what do you think i mean and, and you've talked about it but if you could just kind of put a bow on it i mean why what do you what do you care why do you want to why do you want to do this like why do you want to because I'm sure it's uh, you, you know you've got a demanding uh, day job and then you got to go and do this like why why yeah. what, what do you, you what know, do you early on I didn't know that answer but the more and more I do it I think it's because it makes me a better creative director I think it helps me mm. do my job better um, because a lot of what I'm doing of course is acting as if I was a creative director in, in our in our classes right like we give assignments. They go back, they come up with ads, they hang up them on the wall, and I critique them in the same way as my creative team would be showing me concepts at work. So right. um, it's all the cool stuff about coming up with ideas without the 
problem of worrying about budgets or clients, right? So it's, it's yeah. a perfect situation, right? Um, so I really enjoy that. And, and, and I just think it, it, it keeps that tool sharp or yeah. it's just another way to, to, to continue to sharpen that tool of just being credit director. And like what you said, you know, by and large, a majority of the students I have in class are younger, right? They're in their early 20s, um, right out of school. So I love kind of hearing their perspective. And, and we always set aside time in class to talk about stuff. So what's going on in advertising? What are you guys yeah. seeing? What are you liking? So it's sort of a little bit of research there on my part, too. And and just being able to talk to people, I think, is really interesting from, from other points of views. And, and then I think selfishly, um, it's, it's, I just like doing it because it's, it's a way to give back. Yeah. Um, it's just something personally rewarding that I like to do. Um, and, uh, so I just get a kick out of it. I don't know. I, I, I really enjoy doing it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So we've come to that, that time in the show where it's time to pay off the, uh, uh, the title of the show confessions of a, of a creative director. So right. Chris, what do you, what do you want to confess to? What do you want to get off your, your yeah. chest? Well, this is, this sounds weird, but I was trying to think of a good answer for this, but I feel like, um, you can get really, you can be guilty of chasing perfection in this business. And mm. I heard this quote once that was, don't let perfect ruin good. Right. Um, and I thought a minute, I go, that sounds, that sounds interesting. And it's not like, you know, good enough is good enough. We're not saying like half-assed things, but there's something interesting. I think I've really, I think a lot of us and myself in, in specifically have been guilty of trying to make things perfect all the time. Right. Um, and I think that's really hard, you know, to maintain, like, there's no such thing. I feel like you want to make something as good as you can, but sometimes what happens if you chase perfection and you try and make something perfect, you end up kind of screwing it up sometimes. Yeah. It's sort of like over polishing something. Yeah. You take that, you take a little <laughs> bit of the, of the magic or the poetry out of it. Right. It's yeah. Like, like you polish something too much. You take the shine away. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's a real hard thing to do in this business because you want what you do to be so right. Like we noodle things so much and sometimes people are going to appreciate the imperfections more than they are the perfections in something. Right. Um, so I think I'm, I've been really guilty of that. And I think the more I've worked in this business, I've realized like not everything needs to be perfect right. um, uh, to, to quote a rather odd sounding person to quote but george lucas i love this quote i'm kind of a star wars geek but yeah he, he has this saying he says a film is never finished it's it's only abandoned yeah and i love that idea because i feel like that's what every ad we create it, it's never done it's never going to be exactly how you want it to be it's never going to be perfect and sometimes people get caught up in that and they end up sort of overcorrecting or or worrying about the wrong thing, right? It's like, right. oh, the color of the girl's shirt should have been red, not blue. It's like, people don't care, yes. you know? And you end up screwing right. something else up because you try and fix something else. So I'm really, I think I've, that would be my confession is not trying to make every single thing perfect. Yeah, and I think I used to have another creative director who who say who used to say, like they're little winks. They're like a little. It's like a little wink at the audience, right? If there's if there's something that's maybe not perfect that they may pick up on or, or not. Mm -hmm. But I but I agree because at a certain point, and frankly, I think to our benefit, you know, especially after COVID, I think the world has changed, and I think 
we we don't have that luxury anymore anyway to really mm-hmm. you know fiddle around and like spend too much time on stuff that you know like my old boss used to say buttering mouse turds right it's mm-hmm. like you you got to get it out because the world is moving so fast the the expectation for content is like everything's on demand mm-hmm. right i can get a mm-hmm. car here i can watch a show i can get food here everything's on demand and i think that you know now we don't we even don't even have that luxury to, to do that too much but, but i think the the bigger reason to your point is that sometimes you you know you remove all the magic and the you know and yeah. the uh the the uh the shine from it like you said mm-hmm. yeah yeah cool oh, that's a good one how you you feel better you feel like you you've got I do. you've I'm got it. nice <laughs> off my chest yes it's here it's okay it's like the uh, store okay. smiley from SNL <laughs> you're good yeah, enough exactly. you're smart enough like you oh my gosh i i, I said that <laughs> on uh, on somebody else's podcast that that's kind of like you know the way that you you feel sometimes with the imposter syndrome and all that kind of stuff right, right yeah. yeah yeah well man this has been a great great conversation i really um enjoy talking to you when when we get it when we get a few minutes uh you're, you're like the first person i think that reached out to me at the agency when i first started and uh you'll always be cemented in my mind as mm-hmm. as the friendly guy that reached out and said hey man i, I heard you have a podcast and 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 we and we struck a, 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 a friendship so hopefully that continues and i look forward yeah. to working with you and talking to you and, and man, I hope that people take you up on this, uh, on this offer to, to come check out the, um, the bookshop. Cause yeah. I think that it just sounds so amazing. And folks, if you're listening, I mean, I think you can't have a better instructor someone that's been in this business and done a lot of great work. Um, you know, have access to some access to someone like Chris would be just phenomenal. So I hope they take you up on that. And uh, yeah, so let's uh, keep chatting. Let's uh, go for coffee and burritos and beer or whatever you want to do, man. It's been too long. Yeah, thank you so much. This has really been a pleasure. And and again, glad to to have a new friend. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I love it. Absolutely. All right, Chris. We'll talk soon. Yeah, all right. Take Take care. Bye. And there you have it, folks. Another episode of Confessions of a Creative Director in the Books. Thanks to my very special guest, Chris Danino. Uh, we were talking for a little bit after uh, the show there. He just wanted to remind everybody, if you're interested, there's four slots left uh, for this next semester, which starts on January 16th. Uh, four slots left. Go to thebookshopads.com to sign up. I mean, how great would it be to have Chris as your uh, instructor? I might beat you to one of those uh, slots. Uh, And for those of you who are looking to level up, maybe move into the role of creative director, pick up my new book, What's the Big Idea? An Indispensable Guide to Becoming a Kick-Ass Creative Director. It's available worldwide now on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, really anywhere you can find books. Check it out. It's filled with lots of great information that you can use to prepare for the role and uh, just kick ass at it. So anyway, uh, subscribe to the program. Please tell all your friends about it. Tell everybody about the book, too, if you wouldn't mind. And leave us a review. That's the way we're going to grow the audience. And, uh, yeah, I think this is the last episode for the year. So have a great holiday. Have a great uh, new year. And we'll see you in 2023. Peace, love, and creativity. See ya. Tell you how to do your job But could you make the logo